0: I'd like to share with you a poem by one of my favorite poets, Mary Oliver. And this is titled, The Messenger. My work is loving the world. Here, the sunflowers, there, the hummingbird. Equal seekers of sweetness. Here, the quickening yeast, there, the blue plums. Here, the clam deep in the speckled sand. Are my boots old? Is my coat torn? Am I no longer young and still not half perfect? Let me keep my mind on what matters, which is my work, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. The Phoebe, the, the delphinium, the sheep in the pasture and the pasture which is mostly rejoicing since all ingredients are here, which is gratitude to be given a mind and a heart and these body clothes, a mouth with which to give shouts of joy to the moth and the wren, to the sleepy dug up clam, telling them all over and over how it is that we live forever. If it's divine intervention, I'm not sure, but I began um, this week thinking about the message um, of, of the readings and and where I would go um, with those in, in my message um, during our service today. And um, divine intervention is that I, I went to a book of poems because I like to try to relate things and and this poem stood out to me. Um, it was like calling me, hey, look at me. I passed it over, but I went back to it and I read it a couple of times and it started to click. Um, there are three things that I found extremely profound about this poem. Not, It's not the first time I've read it, um, but it had a very different meaning to me this time probably because I've, I've been reading through um, this week's gospel and the readings um, from Ruth and Psalms um, about astonishment and about wonder and about life and about our, our work. What is our work? Sometimes I think we think our life's work is our job, and it can be. And it, and it may just be a part of our life's work. Sometimes I think that our astonishment is in these great events and things that come at us. You know, um, it's astonishing um, to go into space. It's astonishing to see fireworks on the 4th of July, but the wonderment of life um, that surrounds us and in the hummingbirds and in the flowers that bloom and the leaves that fall and the fact that we go through this change every year, this cycle of death and rebirth and life, that's astonishment. So, I connected that back to um, the readings that that came out this week. And, you know, I, I was thinking of Ruth as this woman who um, I always had such a profound um, interest in, in the Bible. Um, a woman who I didn't know a lot about, but I felt like she had something to offer. And when I read this passage, I knew what she had to offer which was incredible strength and integrity and love for her fellow man which happened to be in this case her mother-in-law and you know that's a that's hard sometimes we the the you know she had an opportunity to leave her mother-in-law and and go back to her family in fact her mother-in-law asked her to do that and she didn't. She stayed with her. She told her, I'm not leaving you. That That's courage. That's wonderment. It was a struggle, but she chose the struggle. And then I skipped down to um, our gospel in um, and Mark. And, and then the other, um, the other aspects of our commandments that we've spoken about, um, these, this, this platform for rightness and wrongness um, in our Christian faith. And I considered a conversation that I had with my husband and my nine-year-old. And we were, you know, my nine-year-old said, well, what are these Ten Commandments really all about? You know, leave it to a nine-year-old to kind of like shake out, shake the bones out. You know, I want to know what this is all about. And it was funny because my husband said immediately, they're the laws of God. And I said, they're a guide on how to live. And I thought so quickly how different a nine-year-old could take that in. I was projecting a different slant on what the Ten Commandments were in my mind than what I thought, you know, possibly my husband was and it wasn't that we weren't we we're saying anything really different but we used terminology that could have had a different um, uh, per, it could be perceived differently the law you know the laws to obey what not to do if you don't want to get in trouble if you don't want to get in trouble don't do this and here I was saying they're a guide on how to live sort of I was softening it a bit um, and I thought about that um, because when we think about the laws that Moses, you know, was, was giving us, you know, about um, about how we should live our life and how we should um, present and be, um, it's, it's to follow a set of norms. You know, do not do one thing. In order to have a negative consequence. Do not steal. You don't get caught. You don't go to jail. It, oh, it has a negative sort of thrust. Whereas. If we think of the commandments as a guide. I think that. We could look at it as. A path. A choice. Um, that could lead us in very different directions. We could choose to do. We could choose to not put God in front of, um, we could worship other things instead of God. We don't really talk about the consequence as much, but we talk about the, the coming back to that path where we do put God first. Because we all know that we go through periods in our lives when we don't obey, obey all of those commandments as they're intended, um, they were intended. Or we think I've obeyed all f- I've obeyed most of them, but this one I'm, I'm just not going to. Um, you know, and that probably won't matter as much. And so for me, when I think about the commandments, I do understand that they're laws and I do appreciate that. But I think that they... they for the first time in my life, I, I exemplify them as, as a map, a map not to salvation, but a map to this place of astonishment, a guide to the footpath of wonderment, where we help each other and we love one another. And sure, at times, we envy our neighbor's, you know, car or their vacations or their timeshares, but that doesn't mean we're not on the right path. It means that we maybe got off a little bit and we took our eyes off the prize, which was, which was love, loving our neighbor as we would Jesus so this may not make a whole lot of sense but i feel like this was the perfect poem the divine intervention from the lord above to say karen read this poem and connect it to what we know which is these wonderful readings in our in our gospel and our readings and um uh, that we were presented today and then the fact that here we are in a season of uh, where we're, we're moving into, I think, a solemn period in our, in our um, faith, a period of um, introspection, to, uh, thinking about ways that we are going, as we come upon Advent in the near future, ways that we can be closer to Christ, closer to Christ through our community th- by loving our neighbors, by respecting one another, by giving back um, and by choosing wonderment and astonishment and our life's work and remembering that our life's work may not have anything to do with our daily job profession career. Our life's work is learning how to be that child of God. It's being like Ruth. It's making sure we support somebody when they're down. It's it's taking us out of the equation um, from time to time, and focusing on others. And isn't it so fitting that this comes during our our um, our our transformation and our, um, our 2030 vision and our, our campaign. Um, giving of ourselves, whether that be our individually or our uh, financially, um, of our service, of our time or financially um, in the name of Christ is such a beautiful thing. Thank you for sharing your morning with me. May it be so.